Welcome to Rewind Design, a podcast dedicated to discovering the stories of cottage country in Ontario. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. If you're a new listener, my name is Katie McNabb, and I'm a local interior designer who is on a mission to find stories of how the heck everyone and everything ended up here in cottage country. Every two weeks, I speak to a new guest about their journey to cottage living. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at rewinddesign.interiors or send me an email to katie, K-A-T-Y, at rewinddesign.ca to share your own story. To jump right into the water, today's guest will be another member of the McNabb family clan, my dad, Rick McNabb. He shares his story of how the McNabb family ended up in Perry Sound. Everyone thinks we've been here forever, but we've really only been here for the last generation. My dad and several of his brothers opened businesses in Perry Sound, such as the McNabb Home Building Center, Ashley Furniture, and the Harvey's Fish LA. So the last name is pretty recognizable. And let's be honest, the genetics are really strong. I've had many people come up to me saying, you're McNabb, which one is your dad? And this happens more than I care to admit. My dad and his family are originally from Mississauga and eventually moved up to Perry Sound in his 30s following his mom and dad and all his brothers. He has had a diverse past with many jobs including working in advertising, corporate Canada, and owning and operating the Harvey Swishella in Perry Sound. And now in his retirement, he is a good old truck driver, driving routes through Michigan and Wisconsin and he loves it. He is here on the show to talk about his childhood cottage on Horseshoe Lake with his four brothers, his mom who was up all summer, and his dad who came up on weekends. So today we are going to talk about how it all started with my grandparents purchasing a cottage on Horseshoe Lake and how one act of serendipity changed the lives of all future generation of McNabs forever. Before we jump too far into the episode, I always like to start off the episode with the segment that I call, what am I grateful for? (laughs) I know it's cheesy, but I think it's really important to recognize what we're grateful for. So I'm hoping to jumpstart your week as well. And you can reflect on what you're grateful for this week too. This week, I am so grateful for the amount of people who have reached out to me for this podcast. When I first started even thinking about this idea a year ago and talking about doing this, I wasn't sure how the response would be. It can be nerve-wracking starting a new venture and opening yourself up to the world, but boy was I happy I did it. I'm so in love with cottage history and the idea of how everyone and everything ended up here. It is so amazing to see that there are so many of you who are also interested. I've had dozens of people reach out to share their personal stories, and it has been really, really humbling. From all over Georgian Bay, From Dillon, all the way to San Susi, through the South Channel, down to Honey Harbor, there are so many incredible stories. And if you, dear listener, are interested in sharing your own story, please, please, please don't hesitate to reach out and send me an email at k-a-t-y at rewinddesign.ca. I'm always looking for a new story, no matter how big or small. Before we get too far into the episode, I wanted to touch base on where Horseshoe Lake is and what it's like. Horseshoe Lake is, as you expect, shaped, like it sounds, a horseshoe. Or a crescent moon. Or a boomerang. Or even a croissant. Maybe I'm hungry. 
Anyways, Horseshoe Lake is located 13 kilometers east-southeast of the town of Perry Sound. It is in the western part of the Christie Ward in the township of Seguin in the territorial district of Perry Sound. Now, I know that sounds like a mouthful, but it's basically 15 minutes south of Perry Sound on the old Highway 69. The lake itself is 914 acres and has a max depth of 66 feet. The main fish species found in this inland lake are small and largemouth bass and northern pike. The lake itself is set adjacent to what used to be the old Highway 69 and is sprinkled with many three-season and four-season cottages. My dad's original cottage was not accessible by car as the infrastructure was not developed yet, so they had to boat from the marina with their three-horsepower engine. Imagine that, after a five-hour drive on the old highway, having to lug all your summer belongings, your food, your sanity, for yourself and five boys out by the boat. To paint a picture, Highway 69 was a bustling highway with many, many motels and gas stations and campgrounds and services all sprinkled along the journey north. Right across from Horseshoe Lake was Alf's Motors, and the owner of which is still a good friend of my dad to this day. The original 69 was the original cottage highway that transported cottagers to their northern oasis. When the 400 series was developed in 1944, the major traffic was diverted to the larger two-laned highway. Highway 69 is actually in a series of highways called the King's Highway, which is why the highway has a crown on the top of the sign. Interesting fact and has undergone several major changes during its existence. In current history, it runs for 140 kilometers from Highway 400 near Carling, just north of Perry Sound, at the south end, to south of Sudbury at the north end of the highway. In some areas of the Highway 69, the now 400, it's located 80 kilometers away from the original Highway 69 location. An interesting history fact is that in August 1937, Highway 69 was extended 125 kilometers north to the Nayscoot River between Point of Barrel and Britt. This extension followed truck routes to Nobel, where a munitions factory would soon be a huge help to the war effort. And without this road, the Highway 69, the munitions factory would have been a bust. And honestly, Nobel and Perry Sound is really famous for this munitions factory, so we are so grateful that this highway was developed. To divert your attention to the history of the 400 series, Wikipedia has offered a wonderful summary of how the 400 series came to be. Highway 400 was one of the first modern freeways in Ontario. Planning for the toronto Barry Highway, which would become Highway 400, began in 1944. The two routes connecting Barry with Toronto at the time, which was Highway 11 and 27 that obviously still exist, were becoming congested and were even more congested on Friday evenings in the summer, heading northbound. The onset of the Korean War slowed construction on the highway considerably, and it wasn't until December 1st, 1951 that two lanes, one in each direction, would be open to traffic. All four lanes were open to traffic on July 1st, 1952, at which point the highway was designated Highway 400. By 1958, Highway 400 was extended north as a two-lane Super 2. For many years afterwards, and still today to older drivers, this portion of the 400 north of Barrie is referred to the 400 extension. I personally still know a lot of people that refer to this portion of the highway as the 400 extension. All this being said, the point is that before the 400 series highway was developed to what we know today, cottagers from all over used to travel on the single lane Highway 69 to reach their cottage destinations. This nostalgic Highway 69 comes up a lot in old stories, as it was the only way north and transported cottagers to their oasis cottage life. My dad recalls this highway, and as a kid traveling to his Horseshoe Lake cottage, all five kids bundled on the back of a Volkswagen Beetle, ready to spend two months up at the summer retreat. 
To see some historic photos of the old highway and the development of Highway 400, please go to rewinddesign.ca on episode two, Rick on Horseshoe Lake. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode and speak to my dad. Very excited to introduce him. He's a trucker extraordinaire, as well as many other things. We'll get into that. So without further ado, Dad, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. It's Rick McNabb here, and I'm absolutely delighted to be part of this um, whole program with Katie and um, to tell my story about my my roots, my family's roots that go back uh, over 60 years to, uh, to Perry Sound. So can you talk a little bit about your cottage, how your parents, you know, moved up to this area, like how that all started? Yeah. So we're from Mississauga. My mother and father, typical of that generation, had kids pretty fast. So my my mother was 23 and already had four boys. And uh, as I said, we lived in Mississauga. And by chance, one of our neighbors invited my mother and father, along with the four boys, up to their cottage on Horseshoe Lake in Perry Sound. I believe they had three kids. My dad was sort of an, uh, an urban guy. He, he wasn't really a northern Ontario guy. He didn't even know how to swim, actually. And he <laughs> kind of went up kicking and screaming to this uh, family's cottage. And they had a two-bedroom cottage with an outhouse on Horseshoe Lake at the end of the lake. And I think it was kind of horrific for my dad to be in this little space with all these kids. But something about it he must have liked because there was a little cottage for sale next door. And he managed to get a hold of the owner that weekend when he was up there and made an offer and bought this little cottage. And, uh, you know, don't quote me, but I think he paid uh, $2,500 for it. Mm-hmm. And it was similar to the other uh, friend's cottage. It was two bedrooms with an outhouse. <laughs> and, uh, but I think the insight from my dad, which uh, which I kind of understood as I got older, was he said, geez, you know, I got four young kids and they're all out of school in the summer. How the heck do I get them out of here and out of my hair so that I can concentrate on my work? And so he, uh, we went up there every summer with my mom. My dad would come up on weekends. But we were at the end of that lake, right near the very end. And our first boat was a three horsepower Johnson on an 18 foot cedar strip boat. And we would go up there. The day school was out until the day school began. So that became our that that began our journey to you know with uh, with with Perry Sound. And so, can you just explain where you were living and how you got up here, where you originated from? Well, we were from Mississauga, and in those days, again, interestingly enough, my mother had a Volkswagen Beetle, and we would drive up here with my mom, four kids, and a dog, and all of the uh, you know all the supplies and a little Volkswagen Beetle. Of course, no seatbelts in those days or anything else. And it, and in those days, I mean, it was two lanes from pretty much Toronto all the way up here. I mean, it was, a, I, I'm sure it was a five or six hour drive to get to a marina and then a, a good 45 minute boat ride to the end of the lake with this massive three horsepower Johnson motor. <laughs> uh, but I, I should say, so this place had no running water. It had a pump, like a hand pump in, in the in the kitchen. Had a, a cook stove where a couple times in the summer my mother would cook pizza you know, usually when it was about 90 degrees out with wood in the, in the, in the cook stove <laughs> to cook the pizza. And uh, and through the years, some more some more money, he, he arranged to have a little addition put on it on one side, and then ultimately a little addition on the other side. I had a septic put in. We had a bathroom and a shower up the hill in a separate building. And 
and it, you know, it really ended up becoming quite a, a nice little cottage. And it was always just a cottage. That was from the time I was extremely young till, uh, you know, until they, they ended up selling, which I can tell that story. Uh, that's where we spent all of our summers. And can you describe how many brothers did you have? Like, how many people were there at one time? What did you guys do when you were there? Yeah. Uh, besides drive my mother crazy? Um, the Well, four boys, and then my, my youngest brother came along, and... Um, and we always had one of my cousins up. So there was basically six boys up there all summer. And uh, as I said, initially it was a two-bedroom. So six boys in one bedroom. My dad built uh, triple bunk beds where we'd all sleep. And, and and what would we do? We did what kids did in those days. My mother would open the door and out we'd go. And whether we were in the water or playing, uh, playing chase, you know, or hide and seek, or I mean, we, we would just go all day long. And um, my dad would, as we got older, my father would always leave us chores to do. And the big joke in the lake was that you'll never see the McNabb boys on Friday because they're catching up with all the chores before <laughs> uh, before big uh, big Bruce gets up there to, yeah. make sure, to check the list of chores that were supposed to be done. Ooh, that would be very scary. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be there. <laughs> And so what kind of activities would you get up to? I know that you had a progression of boats through the years that were really exciting. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I remember all the boats. Like I said, the first was a three horsepower. Then the the, the excitement of getting a um, 18 horsepower Johnson on a bit of a bigger boat. And then that gravitated to a 33 Evinrude on a little bit bigger. And that uh, went to a 65 Evinrude. Um, and ultimately with a, a, a an inboard-outboard with a bow rider. And so, I mean, the progression of boats through the years, was every one of them was incredibly exciting. But, hey, we skied, we swam, we played. You know, it was just, it was a different era then. And there wasn't a lot of people on the lake. So we fished, we hunted for frogs and snakes. And it was just, you know, I mean, imagine, no phone, no internet, no, t- no TV, no power, yeah. no road. Uh, <laughs> so we uh, found things to do, and we're always busy. And so you were on Horseshoe Lake, and how many people do you think were actually on the lake at that time when you first had the cottage? You know, I, I would guess maybe 50 cottages, maybe, but down at the end of the lake where we were, maybe 10, you know, so it, like there wasn't, uh, and, and and typically it was people like my mom, it was, you know, working fathers that work, that would come up on weekends and take a week or two of holidays, and so there was other similar, similar my mother developed friends with others women who were up there with kids as well. Mm-hmm. So that was not atypical in that day. Mm-hmm. So would you often hang out with your neighbors? Would you get together? Was it more of a community or did you mainly keep to yourselves? I, we had friends, uh, other kids. So, But it was a small group, as I said, just as a function of the, the, the amount of people that were up there. So it wasn't, but it wasn't like now where everybody, you know, uh, organizes these big events and formal events and cocktail hours and the, you know I mean nobody had any money so there were no cocktails mm-hmm. uh, it, uh, it was it was more just through the day trying they to drop uh, by trying to keep kids busy I think was the primary focus of, of, uh, of, of, of these women mm-hmm. what kind of food would you eat there like what would your mom make God I, you know honestly I can't even remember I mean imagine cooking I can't you, imagine. you know it would be a trip into town maybe once every two weeks. So, I mean, we had a propane fridge and a propane range, mm-hmm. right? So you could cook. But, I mean, I, I how the heck do you feed four young kids? I have no idea. I can't. Yeah. I can't I'm getting too old. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's so interesting because, like, here we have 
everything at our cottage. We've got, you know, the electric stove and the fridge and even then it gets really annoying to have to go into town if you forget something and we have a fast boat. But yeah, that's crazy. Can you maybe describe a little bit about the property and what it that what it was like and where the cottage was situated? Well, describe it was on, a little bit about it, that part of the cottage. Yeah, it, it was on piers, non-insulated. Like I said, this thing was just a cabin. That's mm-hmm. all it was, and uh, initially, and uh, with an outhouse. As I said, no running water, no road, no no electricity, and and uh, um, it was on a pretty part of the lake, up a little hill, and. Um, um, but there, uh, you know, there really wasn't too much to it. Mm-hmm. And like, how many rooms were there? What was the layout like? Do you remember? Well, that's what I laugh. I talked with my brothers now, as we said, we ha- we had the grand room uh, <laughs> in this cottage that probably measured, you know, maybe thirty by twenty <laughs> in total. <laughs> so there was an open space. There was two bedrooms and and a uh, an open space, which was the kitchen and. And a couch and a couple of chairs. I mean, that was it. And were there two bedrooms originally? Yep, two bed- One for my mom and dad, and one for the other six of us. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and so you had um, four brothers, so there were five of you that would come up, and also I know that your cousins would come up too, like Sandy. And- yep. And did you say that they purchased a cottage too? My grandmother and my uncle and aunt yes, bought a place next to us. Wow. So they were, and then uh, my brother Gary bought a place on the, on the other side. So we had three cottages there at one point. The oh family my gosh. At the end. And um, so, yeah, it became a point as we got older that there was a fair bit going on. And, of course, through the years, as I said, my dad had additions put up. My mom and dad had additions put on to our cottage. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and as we as we got older, there was a, I mean, I still remember the day that electricity was hooked up to the place, which was just amazing, where you could actually turn a light on. I mean, it just it was like, oh my God, this is so weird. And we got running water and a, and a septic and a, and a shower and and a road and faster boats, as you said. So we had. So more you access. could drive to it later on. Oh yeah, yeah, was, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Later on, we could drive to it. So it was. So it it just changed the whole experience, but. Um, yeah. And do you know roughly from what year to what year they had that cottage? Uh, roughly. Yeah, I mean, it was early 60s till uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, till mid-80s. Okay. Because there was a progression of all of your family really moving up to Perry Sound. Because originally, you're not from up here, which is quite funny because now all our, our whole family has grown up here now, like all my cousins and uncles and aunts and everyone now pretty much live in town. Um, but can you kind of describe what happened there? Like why everybody moved up? Yeah. So, so I'll try to, uh, it's a long story and I'll make it as quick as I can here. So, uh, <laughs> my folks had this original cottage that we were, uh, spent all of our summers. And then when I was fast forward to when I was in university, my mother called me one day and said, uh, we're moving to Perry Sound from Mississauga. I thought, what the heck you're doing? What? And it turns out that my dad and my brother bought uh, what was then a beaver lumber in Perry Sound, and um, and moved up here. And so when they did, they sold the cottage that we had at the end of the lake, and they bought a, a permanent home uh, toward, closer to the highway on Highway 69. Mm-hmm. Sold the house in Mississauga, moved into this lakefront house. And it was a beautiful, older log cabin, log cottage, and that they thought they could renovate into a, a year-round home. And they spent one winter there with the, with the, <laughs> the pipes freezing and no heat and 
and snow that it was one of the worst winters ever. And I remember my mother calling me when I was in school just saying, what the heck have we done? You know, they're working their tails off at the business and then coming home and there's 20 feet of snow and they, they can't heat the place. And so they, uh, the next year they, they, they had a new home built right in front of the beautiful log cottage. And once the new home was built, the log cottage went because they were on a point. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was too bad to lose the cottage, but they built a beautiful home. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the family, so at that point, my oldest uh, brother, Gary, and my younger brother, Bruce, moved up. Uh, to support your parents at the store. To work at the store with my mom and dad and Gary's wife. And then a few years later, my brother, Bill, who was a police officer in Toronto, he moved up with his wife to, uh, to work in the family business. And then some years later, my brother Ron and his wife Marilyn moved up and, and bought an existing furniture store, which became Perry Sound Furniture, and now Ashley Furniture in, in Perry Sound. And I was the last one, and I was working in the advertising business uh, in downtown Toronto. I just got married and uh, constantly talked to my brothers about, geez, you know, I spent all my life getting up to Perry Sound and every weekend in Perry Sound. And, Rushing up there on weekends. Yep. Yeah, yeah fighting the traffic, and I thought, geez, is there something up there that I could do? That, And uh, we kicked around some ideas, and, and um, Kara Foods was testing a new concept where they were twinning a, a, the Harvey's brand and the Swiss Chalet brand together. I went and looked at one of their prototype stores in Lindsay, and I thought, geez, this could be really good for Perry Sound. A year later, it was open. I mean, that's how quickly it happened. It was amazing. Yeah. We approached Kara, and that was built in 1990, and, um, and one of the biggest... Uh, I've had a career in marketing, and the biggest marketing job I had was convincing your mother to come to Perry Sound. <laughs> we lived in downtown Toronto in a in a cushy little 1,200-square-foot apartment at Young and St. Clair. She had a good little downtown job, and I was doing okay, and we gave that up to run a restaurant. And trust me, the first few years, I if I could have gone back to my old life in Toronto, I would have. It was a tough beginning running the restaurant. but Yeah. And... When you first initially moved up here with mom, you actually bought the place on Horseshoe Lake from That's your correct. parents. That's correct. We did. And we lived there. We were only there for two years because, uh, primarily because you and your sister were born. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was a beautiful place, but it was very isolated. And For uh, a young mom for with a young, two Bev, kids. I was working a lot at the restaurant. Bev, Bev was there a lot by herself with you guys. Yeah. It was a tough winter, and you know, it, and it was a handful. It was a lot of work. Like mm-hmm. it, it was a big property, and 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 so you know, we just uh, we tried it for two years, and then we ended up moving into town, and uh, had a nice place in town. It was just easier. Yeah, I mean, I loved growing up here. It was great. So back to the cottage on Horseshoe Lake. So do you know? Do you know who built it? Like when it was built, or when you bought it, was it already? an existing structure like it, it was already there the it, cottage it was an existing structure and you bought it off of the neighbors who your mom was friends with from toronto no nope, uh the neighbors on the other side were selling it okay yeah and it, and it was in very tough repair mm-hmm. required a lot of work it was really uh, just a, a rundown old cabin on piers mm-hmm. yeah. and then didn't you say over the years they added additions to it Yep. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they fixed up the sh- fixed up the basic cottage and then put a uh, an L shape on one side, which was a 
uh, a bigger kind of living room in my parents' bedroom. So it was kind of separate from the, 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 the original structure. And then year, years later, matched up the L on the other side with a deck right across the front. Mm-hmm. And as I said, a, a bathroom up the hill with a shower and, and a private bathroom and storage area and stuff. So it was. It, it turned out to be a really sweet little cottage. Mm-hmm. And what do you think your favorite part of the cottage was? Well, just being on the water. I mean, you know, it, we were the, the cottage was close to the water. We grew up on the water. We loved the water. So I mean, you know, you'd wake up every morning and just look out and see the water, and just I mean, I think that was it. Yeah, I think a lot of people relate to that. Like if you've if you've had a place by the water on the water, you just like love the boating aspect, love the swimming, the sports, everything involving the water, and then. I feel like if you took that away and you never had that anymore, it would just crush your soul because it's just such a big part of who you are now. Mm-hmm. So then I guess you can kind of talk about our family and how we ended up where we are now on the bay. Yeah. So when we moved up here and, and built the restaurant, we, as I said, we moved back into town. You guys were just little babies. Little babies. And initially we got into boating. So I, I had a, a really nice little boat, a 27-foot boat with a cuddy, and and so we spent all of our time when you were babies uh, out on Georgian Bay. A lot of time out to Kilbear and to some of the parks on Perry Island, and just it was amazing because we'd swim, and then you guys would get tired, and I could get you out of the sun into the cuddy and you know, mm-hmm. bounce around there. So we spent all of our time, uh, as much as I could outside of the business, on, on the bay. And then we... Uh, as luck would have it, I ended up taking a new opportunity in Toronto with Kara Foods, went to, went back to, in, a, in a significant uh, corporate role in Toronto. So we moved to Kleinberg, and it was while we were in Kleinberg that we started thinking we'd like to have a cottage back up here. Because mm-hmm, we weren't living here anymore. No. Yeah. And uh, so we started looking around, and we, we loved Georgian Bay because we'd boated out here. and Obsessed. As, as much fun, fun as we had on inland lake, like Horseshoe, which was you know my second home, we just loved the the vastness and the you know the variation of Georgian Bay. So we started looking out here, and we we were so lucky to fall into this place. And it was a, a wonderful family that had owned it for years and years and years, and had decided you know they were getting kind of on, and, and decided to sell it. And the amazing part of our island here is it's uh, it's on an island with four other cottagers. It's a, I don't know how many acres, but a pretty big island, and our place is very private. But it's on the is on an isthmus, which mm-hmm. is the most narrow part of the island. So our cottage is right in the water, facing east, with this beautiful little bay, and just you know we're off the South Channel, so we don't hear all the boats. We can see them, but it's very quiet. Mm-hmm. And we get the sunrise on this side, and uh, we've got water on the back part, which faces west in a protected little bay. We have a view of that from the main cottage, and we built a. a a nice uh, bunkie your mother's a designer mom designed it she designed it so we built this wonderful guest bunkie with two bedrooms and a, a bathroom and an outdoor shower right on the west side of the island yeah and it's always got a breeze because we're almost uh, on the outside of georgian bay mm-hmm. very so closely open close to the open so we always get that bay breeze on the, on the back so it's just it's just an amazing uh place we've got a basic cottage yeah, and and I've kept it that way. You fight the urge to oh, we got to do this, we got to do that, and we've we've tidied it up. And you designed a beautiful new bathroom in here, which uh, we love. That was the only thing that really needed help. The rest is really nice. Yeah, but we've been here eleven years now, and um, and we uh, we spent. Uh, I'm usually the first one out here. With me, usually with you. Well, 
I've uh, through the years I had an airplane, so we'd always you and I would fly out here to make sure the ice was gone. That was fun. That in fact, one time we came out here and we were going to hop in the boat. We flew in the airplane and saw, oops, there's still ice. We won't get out here. And um, and then the next day we flew over again and the ice was gone. So then we boated out. Yeah. Yeah. And and so we but we had to, if you remember we had to park the boat tied to a big chunk of ice. Yeah. Get out, uh, well, because the dock was still floating, it hadn't been attached or anything, so we had to we had to dock the boat on that part, and then we had a raft, yeah. and then we pulled the raft in yeah. and out through the ice. And there's a picture of you standing on on the big chunk of ice. Yeah, and we just hoped it wouldn't freeze, such that we wouldn't get out of there because we didn't have enough food. But uh, I don't think we brought any food because we didn't really know what was going <laughs> on. And then, but we stayed the night. Yeah. But I'm usually first in and last out. We leave here, you know, mid mid October, uh, November, sometimes. Yeah. And in the, in fact, last year I left. It was uh, couldn't see for a blizzard after we closed that last day. And what? Really? I, I did. Yeah, oh, you weren't okay. here, but it was like it was snowing like heck. And so we get pretty much six months' use out of this place, and we're a, a good half hour boat ride from Perry Sound. So yeah. But uh, what do you most like about being out at this cottage? Oh, I mean, the views, yeah. you know, both out the front, the back, the fact that you, there's always a breeze out here, which is amazing. The breeze is probably the best part of the property. Yeah. And if it's too warm on one side, you can go to the other side. If it's too cool on one side, you can go to the warm side. We've got a beach in the front and a beach in the back with Georgian Bay rock everywhere. And mm-hmm. it's a, there's it's a, a lot of crown land too. So you... very, very private. Yeah. And, um, We've got wonderful neighbors around, but it's it's also very private. We have a great community of people up here that we love, Mm -hmm. which is probably one of my favorite parts of being up here is just having people that we've known for at least the last 11 years we've had the cottage, but then some other families we've known for even longer just from boating. And it's a great community up here. We love it. But think that's everything that we wanted to talk about so i just wanted to say thank you again so much for being a part of this i really really appreciate everything that you do for me well thank you katie and i appreciate everything you do for me and i, and I think I'll, I'll just say in closing what blows me away when you meet people up here mm-hmm. is to see how they ended up here that's the why we're doing and the podcast that's, that's why you're doing this <laughs> and everybody's got an amazing story so Everybody. amazing they're, they're just amazing stories and uh and in mine, it, uh, it just gets back to this chance Encounter. situation where my dad, kicking and screaming, went up to Perry Sound, which was so out of his comfort zone, and uh, you know, and saw something there, and and you know, and I joke that you know he just wanted to get the kids out of Toronto. Maybe that was part of it, but I think he just saw something there for kids that was healthy. Oh, for and, sure, and an amazing part of the world. And I mean, and, to get your kids out of the city for the summer and enjoy wildlife and nature and water and yeah everything well it gave, it, gave, it gave us an incredible amount of respect for the you know for, for water and trees and the environment and and life and and but i think the biggest outcome is is that uh, of the five boys in my family all of our kids were born in perry sound mm-hmm. i mean we became perry sounders as mm-hmm. much as you can be if you haven't lived here for 500 years that's true and and had businesses up here and are an integral part of the community and 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 that who knows what our life path would have been had my dad never made that journey up right so it's just uh, can you imagine if all of you stayed in toronto what your life would be who knows it would be crazy who knows so it's uh, anyway I, I think that's that's the closing comment for me and just uh 
I think you're doing some great work here, and I can't wait to hear all the stories from people. Me too. Thank you for being the first story. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. Love you. Love you too. feeling, the history, the nostalgia, we've all felt it. Whether you're visiting a generational family cottage or building a new cottage for yourself, we all have a story to tell. Let me help you tell yours. If you would like to support this podcast, please follow along to patreon.com slash rewind design. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash rewind design. If you would like to support the show in other ways or share your own cottage story, please send an email to katie, K-A-T-Y, at rewinddesign.ca. If you'd like to follow along the blog, please reach my website at rewinddesign.ca. Thank you so much for listening.